Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we go over the topic of placenta previa from the reproductive section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 29-year-old G2P1 female presents to the labor and delivery triage with bleeding in the third trimester. Her first pregnancy was a cesarean delivery delivered at 37 weeks. She describes her bleeding as painless spotting without abdominal pain. An urgent transabdominal ultrasound is performed showing a viable fetus and normal amniotic fluid. A transvaginal ultrasound is subsequently performed and shows the placental edge located 1 cm from the internal cervical os. Note that this is a case of placenta previa. Now let's get into the episode. Let's start with a brief introduction about placenta previa. In terms of its overview, placenta previa is a condition characterized by placental tissue extending over or less than 2 cm from the internal cervical os and is associated with painless third trimester bleeding. In terms of its epidemiology and incidence, it occurs in approximately 1 per 250 births. Major risk factors include previous placenta previa, previous cesarean delivery, and multiple gestations. Associated conditions include the placenta previa accreta spectrum, where placenta previa is present along with placenta accreta, placenta increta, or placenta percreta. Next, let's review the clinical presentation of placenta previa. The most common presentation is an asymptomatic finding on routine ultrasound at 16 to 20 weeks of gestation. In a symptomatic patient, symptoms would include painless vaginal bleeding in up to 90% of cases and uterine contractions with pain and bleeding in 10 to 20% of cases. In terms of its physical exam findings, digital vaginal examination is contraindicated until placenta previa is excluded as it may result in severe hemorrhage. Findings may include the following. Hemorrhage, which usually spontaneously seizes after 1 to 2 hours, hypotension, tachycardia, and usually no fetal distress in contrast with vasa previa. In terms of the diagnostic imaging, the main imaging modality is ultrasonography. You can use two types of ultrasonography, a transvaginal ultrasound and transabdominal ultrasound. A transvaginal ultrasound is the gold standard for diagnosing placenta previa. The main modality involves identification of placental tissue extending over the internal cervical os on second or third trimester imaging. With respect to transabdominal ultrasound, this can be used as a screening test or in conjunction with transvaginal ultrasound. If the distance between the edge of the placenta and the cervical os is less than or equal to 2 cm on transabdominal ultrasound, perform a transvaginal ultrasound to better visualize the placental position. Let's now discuss the other studies that are required as part of the workup of placenta previa patients. Studies include RH compatibility test, complete blood cell count or CBC count, prothrombin time or PT, and activated partial thromboplastin time or APTT, blood type and cross, and levels of fibrin split products or FSP and fibrinogen. Let's now mention the various differentials you should have as part of your workup when diagnosing a patient with placenta previa. The first is abruptio placentae, and the key distinguishing factors for this is that the placenta prematurely separates from the uterine wall and presents with painful bleeding that does not spontaneously seize. 
Next is placenta accreta, and the key distinguishing factors for this is that the placenta invades the uterine wall, and the placenta does not separate after delivery, which may lead to postpartum bleeding. And finally, the last differential is vasa previa, and the key distinguishing factors for this is that the fetal vessels extend over the internal cervical os, and this presents with fetal heart rate decelerations due to compression of umbilical vessels. Let's now talk about the treatment of placenta previa. In terms of medical treatment, monitoring can be done in the case of asymptomatic placenta previa, where you just monitor the placental position and determine whether placenta accreta is also present or not. If there is persistent placenta previa, you have to plan for a cesarean delivery. Hemostasis can be used in cases of actively bleeding placenta previa. In these cases, you have to admit the patient for maternal and fetal monitoring. The main objective is to achieve and maintain maternal hemodynamic stability. And finally, in patients that are resistant to medical therapy, surgical therapy can be used, and the mainstay surgical therapy is cesarean delivery. Cesarean delivery should be performed in cases where there is active labor, fetal distress, where there is a category 3 fetal heart rate tracing that does not respond to an in utero resuscitation, inability to achieve maternal hemodynamic stability, or significant vaginal bleeding after 34 weeks of gestation. In terms of complications of placenta previa, these include congenital malformations associated with a twofold increase, fetal malpresentation, vasa previa, where there is rupture of the fetal vessels that cross the membranes covering the cervix, and a cesarean delivery is indicated for these patients, and finally, postpartum hemorrhage. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 24-year-old G1P0 woman presents to the labor and delivery floor with a one-hour history of bleeding. She is at 35 weeks of gestation and says that she has had an uneventful pregnancy other than some morning sickness. She realized that she was bleeding at home when she noticed that the chair she was sitting on had fresh red stains. She denies experiencing any fever, chills, pain, or other symptoms. Which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's symptoms? 1. Abnormal placental implantation in the myometrium. 2. Implantation of the zygote outside of the uterine cavity. 3. Malignant transformation of endometrial cells. 4. Premature detachment of the placenta from the uterus. Or 5. Occlusion of the internal cervical os by the placenta. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 5. Occlusion of the internal cervical os by the placenta. This patient with painless third trimester bleeding most likely has a placenta previa, which is caused by occlusion of the internal cervical os by the placenta. Remember, placenta previa and vasa previa are two diseases that cause bleeding during pregnancy. They can occur during any trimester and will present with isolated bleeding that is not associated with pain, fever, or other systemic symptoms. The etiology for placenta previa involves implantation of the placenta in the lower uterus, which can lead to occlusion of the internal cervical os. Tearing of the vessels near this abnormality located placenta will then result in bleeding.
Vesa previa, on the other hand, is characterized by fetal vessels that run unsupported by the umbilical cord or placental tissue. Disruption of these vessels will lead to fetal distress and fetal heart decelerations. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, abnormal placental implantation in the myometrium, is known as placenta accreta. However, this disease would present with painful postpartum bleeding. Answer choice 2, implantation of the zygote outside of the uterine cavity is known as ectopic pregnancy, which can also present with uterine bleeding during any trimester. However, this disease would be accompanied by lower abdominal pain. Answer choice 3, malignant transformation of endometrial cells is known as endometrial carcinoma and can present with painless bleeding. However, this disease is unlikely to be the cause in a young woman who is currently pregnant. And finally, answer choice 4, premature detachment of the placenta from the uterus, known as abruptio placentae, can cause third trimester bleeding. However, this disease presents with painful rather than painless bleeding. In summary, placenta previa presents with painless bleeding during pregnancy. Next question. A 29-year-old G1P0 woman at 32 weeks of gestation comes to the emergency department complaining of vaginal bleeding for the past hour. She noticed some blood on the toilet paper when she went to the bathroom an hour ago, but now she is bleeding through her underwear. She denies any trauma, pain, abnormal discharge or odor, fever, or recent infections. The patient mentioned that during her last ultrasound, the doctor told her that there is an abnormality but not to worry, but she can't remember the name of the condition. Her temperature is 100.1 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.8 degrees Celsius, blood pressure is 120 over 70 millimeters of mercury, pulse is 86 per minute, and respirations are 15 per minute. A fetal heart tracing is obtained and shows a fetal heart rate of 130 to 140, long-term variability, and appropriate accelerations. What is the most likely explanation of this patient's presentation? 1. Abnormal placental spiral artery development. 2. Attachment of the placenta to the lower placental segment over the internal os. 3. Cystic swelling of chorionic villi and trophoblast proliferation. 4. Fetal vessels in close proximity to the cervical os. Or 5. Premature separation of the placenta from the uterine wall. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2. Attachment of the placenta to the lower placental segment over the internal os. This patient likely has placenta previa as demonstrated by her painless vaginal bleeding, positive findings on previous ultrasound such as the low-lying placenta, hemodynamic stability, and stable fetal heart tracings. Placenta previa occurs secondary to the attachment of the placenta to the lower uterine segment over the internal os. Remember, placenta previa refers to the presence of placental tissue that extends over the internal cervical os, which increases the potential for severe bleeding and preterm birth. Key risk factors include previous placenta previa, previous cesarean delivery, and multiple gestations. The majority of patients learn of their condition during a routine ultrasound examination at approximately 16 to 20 weeks.
If not, patients classically present with painless vaginal bleeding during the third trimester. Diagnosis is based on sonographic identification of echogenic homogeneous placental tissue extending to the internal cervical os. Management includes scheduled cesarean delivery at 36 to 37 weeks of gestation and supportive management of acute bleeding. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, abnormal placental spiral artery development, is the pathophysiology of preeclampsia, which is the development of hypertension and proteinuria or end organ dysfunction after the 20th week of gestation. This patient's blood pressure is within normal limits. Answer choice 3, cystic swelling of chorionic villi and trophoblast proliferation, describes hydatidiform mole, which presents with vaginal bleeding, pelvic pressure or pain, and uterine enlargement more than expected early in the pregnancy course. Answer choice 4, fetal vessels in close proximity to the cervical os, describes vasa previa, which is often an emergency that presents with membrane rupture, painless vaginal bleeding, and fetal bradycardia. And finally, answer choice 5, premature separation of the placenta from the uterine wall describes placental abruption, which presents with abrupt painful bleeding in the third trimester. In summary, placenta previa classically presents with painless vaginal bleeding. And that's all for this review about placenta previa. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.